text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I didn't think you would show up. We both want something. And we need to come to a compromise. A compromise? No. I held my end of the bargain. You and your lizard friends haven't made good on your end of the deal. In my view, I can't trust another promise or compromise. Where's the boy? <laughs> He's safe. And being cared for. Don't worry. Listen, I gave you monsters a billion damn people. Where's the boy? Take it easy, Lord Capone. This whole act of taking a bat and breaking my legs is beneath you. Just because your great-great-great-great-granddaddy was Al Capone don't mean we're gonna blink when you get mad. I will blow your brains out, Malcolm. Don't think I won't pull this trigger. And before you even blink, my snipers will put four more bullets in between your eyes and behind your head. You don't see the red dots on the front and back of your head because my snipers don't budge. Where is the boy? I'm not playing games, and I won't ask again. I don't have possession of the boy, Lord Capone. Not anymore. He's with the princess. He's with his mother? That's bull. You ripped that baby from her arms the moment he was born. I'm not falling for that crap. No. Not Princess Monica. Princess Lemuria. Lemuria? She is here on this side? Where? You know I can't tell you that. Damn it, Malcolm, where? I can't tell you because I honestly don't know. They move her a lot. And they moved her the moment I made my way here because they wanted to make sure you wouldn't get back to her, even if I talked. <sighs> Look. I came to deliver a message, and that's all. Say what you have to say, and maybe I will let you walk out of here. They want another billion people. Another billion, and they'll give you back the boy and leave this realm forever. That's what's on the table. I swear, that's all I know. All I can say, Malcolm, is there was a line in the sand that you crossed. And that's something that we can never forgive. Never ever. New Kingdom Radio Theater. If you're a podcast junkie, you might be thinking about doing a show of your own. I can tell you this audio drama started out just as an idea while listening to other podcasts. And starting it was the best decision I ever made. But it can feel overwhelming if you don't know where to begin. That's why I got to tell you about Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is by far the easiest and best way to launch a professional podcast. Buzzsprout will get you onto every major podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and more. You also get an awesome podcast website. There is so much Buzzsprout has to offer. Start your own podcast with Buzzsprout and get a $20 Amazon gift card. Just follow the link in the show notes. This way Buzzsprout will know that I and all of us here at the New Kingdom Radio Theater sent you. 
and you'll be supporting our show. Buzzsprout, the easiest and best way to start a podcast. Lord Capone returned to the Grand Castle and told King Asylus the Drags wanted another billion people before they would turn over his grandson. But instead of going into a rage over this bait and switch, Asylus authorized Capone to accommodate the Drags and their demands. The King reminded Capone that the ink in the Commerce Tattoo issued to every American on the planet had nanotechnology that also enabled people to be tracked. But without satellite communications and else poles in complete realignment, the GPS tracking system, once employed to track people, no longer functioned. So, Capone was ordered to figure out another way to use this nanotechnology and assist the Drax to meet their billion-person quota. But outside the gates of the Grand Castle, another gathering of people was taking place. This time, they were not cannibals. They were American citizens demanding food as all store shelves were bare and no new crops were in harvest. For this, the King's meeting with Capone was cut short, and the King met with the Knights Partners to deal with the crowds of people outside the castle gates, which were growing more anxious by the minute and more aggressive with their demands. Spartan Santos, do not allow the perimeter of the castle ground to be breached under any circumstances. Have teams of Spartans along all the main points and two teams for each of the four main gates. Activate the outdoor speakers and instruct all the people to head back into their homes. Tell them it is unsafe to be outside at this time, with UV being dangerously high and the threat of invaders. Do we have the authority to use lethal force if people do not follow the directives, my king? Yes, but only as a last resort. Tell them if the solar flares don't kill them, you will. But I don't think lethal force will be necessary. Just make sure all the Spartans have ample protection themselves. You mean the threat of solar flares is real? Yes, of course it is. You thought I was just saying that to fool the crowds? No, your majesty. Good. Now go! Spartan Santos and the others went out to the perimeter of the Grand Castle and warned the people to go back indoors. Head back into your homes immediately. Being outside at this time is extremely dangerous. This is a command from His Majesty King Asylus. Those who do not head back into their homes may be subjected to lethal doses of cosmic particles as a massive solar flare is heading towards the Earth. Please go back inside immediately. But the crowd was restless and hungry. They demanded food and for the king to deliver it to them himself. The Spartans told the people 
that at the moment, their lives were in danger from a massive solar flare. The crowds of people became angry at this, and some began shouting and throwing rocks at the Spartans. Spartan centers announced to the crowds they were authorized to use lethal force if they did not comply with the order to return to their homes. And at that moment, the clouds in the sky dissipated eerily. The light from the sky became suddenly brighter than normal, and within a few moments, people began screaming in pain. Without another word from the Spartans, most of the people rushed back into their homes, most screaming in agonizing pain. Some of the people did not move fast enough and began to burn alive. Their horrific screams sent chills down the spines of the Spartans, who watched countless people writhing on the ground. The Spartans slowly retreated back into the safety of the Grand Castle, and King Asylus watched the people in the streets twisting and burning alive from his window. Try to warn them, my king. They were supposed to die this way, Quentin. Everyone is supposed to die a certain way. That's how it was written. Still, it is a horrible way to die. How you and I will die likely will not be as quick or glorious, I'm afraid. But our agony will probably be more intense. Well, that's one thing I really hope you are wrong about, my brother. Well, it appears that our plan is working. We've pushed Asylus further than I thought we could. We placed our bets, and it appears all the cards are in our favor. With you giants throwing him off kilter and humans running out of food, Asylus will eventually collapse under the weight of his own enormous ego. I've got to hand it to you, Russell. We just keep dangling that smelly kid and the mighty King Asylus does whatever we ask. I say we just keep bamboozling him until we squeeze him dry. I disagree. Perhaps it is a Silas that is bamboozling all of us. I think you are the new kid on the block. <laughs> and you're just discovering the game we're playing. Yes. You're playing cards, and a Silas is playing chess. I can't believe you don't see that you're doing his bidding. He wants to exterminate people, and you're resolving his problems for him. But he gives the appearance that he's slipping into a terrible defeat. What are you talking about? That's nonsense. It is not. Like many others, you have fallen into the trap of underestimating Asylus. 
The king wants to get rid of undesirables, so he gives you the poor and desperate. Now he doesn't have to concern himself with feeding them or anything. You just took that problem off his hands. You demand another billion, right? Let me guess. Asylus sent one of his lords to put on a show that he would not compromise anymore, right? As a matter of fact... As a matter of fact. You're playing right into a Silas's game. <laughs> Even if we are, we still want those people, and we are getting what we want. Perhaps we are ultimately helping that egomaniac, Silas, but it doesn't matter in the long run. Wait a minute, Giant. How do you know so much about a Silas's plans? When Giants die. Our spirits do not leave our bodies for three days. When one of my brothers was killed, he was taken to the Grand Castle. There, he stayed with his body, while the king and his men studied him. And while they studied him, the king discussed his plan with his inner circle. He gave many details. And last night, my brother came to me in a dream and told me the King's plans. Why didn't you mention this before? Well, when I awoke from my dream, Malcolm had already left for his meeting. This discussion brought the dream back. Well, we do know the King wants his grandson back, right? And as long as we have him, we still have leverage. Unless the child is not that important to him and he is just acting like it is. You better hope that that too isn't an act.
Dr. Liverpool was summoned to New Eden to examine the corpses of the giants killed in the recent attack. With him, he brought the mysterious giant that was found with the dead scientists in California. Upon first examining the bodies of the two dead giants, Dr. Liverpool immediately noticed a missing hand on one of the giants. He placed the severed hand in his possession and placed it by the dead giant. Dr. Liverpool commented that it was a strange coincidence, but the king immediately dismissed his notion of coincidence. There is no such thing as a coincidence, the king said. Dr. Liverpool was perplexed and realized Lord Orib was not in the room to defend him should he anger the king with his salty comments. Lord Capone, however, did not hide the fact he distrusted Dr. Liverpool and didn't care for his arrogant behavior. Nervous, Dr. Liverpool asked the king what he wished for him to do. The king wanted him to give a full biological analysis of the dead giants. But Dr. Liverpool said this was outside his area of expertise. His answer annoyed the king. I think I no longer have a need for Dr. Liverpool. Show him out at once. Wait, your majesty, there is something very important you need to know about the solar flares. Yes, I know. They can be lethal. I had to watch dozens of people outside the gates roast alive during the solar flare earlier today. It's not just that, sir. They are much more dangerous now with the Earth's magnetic fields out of whack. If there is a strong enough sunburst, it could cause wildfires on a scale the world has never seen before. But you have no remedy for this either, right? No solution. Nothing to help me combat it. You never do, Dr. Liverpool. You always seem to come in here with snide criticism and no answers to any of our problems. But sir, I think I may be able to help you this time. I think I know a way to stop global scorching. You better not be playing me, doctor. If this is some ploy meant for me to spare you, I swear I will hang you from the South Gate Tower and then throw your lifeless body to feed the dogs. I don't understand why we have to all stay below deck. I'm like getting really claustrophobic. I need some fresh air too. It's disgusting down here. We literally can't go outside right now, my lady. You'll have to wait until sunset. It's just too dangerous. <sighs> too dangerous? What are there? Like flying sharks out there or something? One of the crew members was outside when there was a solar flare. The rays from the sun overwhelmed him within a couple of minutes, and he literally died right there on the deck. The captain ordered everyone to stay below deck until the sun goes down. Which of the crew members? Vincenzo, the cute one. Aw, him? 
No, I really liked him. He was really sweet. I really liked him too. Don't tell me you and Vincenzo were- No, no, we weren't. But he was friends with my boyfriend. It's so weird your boyfriend isn't on the ship. Why didn't he want to come? It's a long story, my lady. Hmm. Well, how much longer will we be at sea? Just a couple of days. We have to be very careful on this route. There have been reports of pirates, so we have to travel within a certain distance of other ships we pay to protect or help us. That means we're not traveling in a straight line. So that means... We have plenty of time for your long story. <laughs> Holy Father, we're just west of Galilee. Our destination is just a few miles ahead, but we'll have to travel during the night. It's too dangerous to be out in the sun right now. Solar flares are literally killing people after a few minutes of exposure, but I am told this is temporary. Should we go straight to the mount and get a look at the spot where I will give the sermon? I don't believe it will be wise for us to do that right now. We're going to the outskirts of the city tomorrow and the following day you will give the sermon. The dangerous solar flare should be at a minimum by then. The word is already beginning to spread and people are flooding the area. People are congregating in the caves, especially at the side of the mount. I expect there will be many faithful followers there when you arrive, Holy Father. Then I need to refine the words of my sermon. The sooner the better. We are meeting with the Order of Temperance, Holy Father. They've prepared a place for you to rest and study. Very well. Let us go and let the hand of God guide us in these days ahead, Cardinal. Gideon, has our team prepared with crossbows? Yes, my prince. Our two best marksmen have been selected and are ready to execute the plan. The crossbows have to be used on the cardinals closest to the Pope, and the Pope has to be shot in the heart. There can be no unforeseen variable. It has to be precise, understood? Yes. We will execute the plan exactly as you instructed us, my prince. Good. Once the Pope is dead, we will usher in a new era for all mankind. I'm proud to be a part of this, Prince, but, um, might I ask, what will the Pope's death mean for the world? It will mean the end of the False Prophet, and the return of the Son of Man can finally commence. You've been listening to The Rise of King Asylus, episode 59, Inferno, starring J.V. Torres as King Asylus. 
John Doby as Lord Quentin Capone. David S. Deere as Pope Innocent XIV. Austin Beach as Russell. L.A. Bonet as Princess Monica. Gary Scales as Malcolm Banks. Mark Dreisenstock as Dr. Liverpool. Dominic Notaro as Prince Jacob. Jessica Greer as Spartan Santos. Michael Marshall as The Giant and Gideon. Melissa Womer as Rita. Aaron H. as Cardinal. And narrated by Sergei Brezhnikov. This episode features the song Standing There by Stephen Fisher and Cerebral Tone. Download the music of Cerebral Tone on Bandcamp.com today. For more information about the cast, the music, or this production, please visit us at www.theriseofkingasilas.com for a full list on our Season 4 episode page. And now a word from our podcast friends. Hey, this is Kate. I'm a forensic psychologist and crisis clinician, and I collect stories. Everything from true crime to trauma to parenthood. There's a lot more in common between depression and sociopathy or between serial killers and podcasters than you might think. Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss at iwbpodcast.com and iwbpodcast on social media. This has been a production of the New Kingdom Radio Theater in Baltimore, Maryland, copyright 2021. And stay tuned for our season four finale, episode 60.